legit as as the guests roll in. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like I like also that uh, you know I wasn't like number one. You got a little of the trial runs out There's, of the way. Yeah, you had to get the trial you know. runs out. Of, I think JJ was the best trial run I I could do. It was a good just, one. Yeah, every every time me and JJ talk, we always just talk about music. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as like when that's when that went well, I was like, okay, I can I can do this. <laughs> it's like my name's been mentioned a few times. I feel like I'm like the candy man I, of podcasts. <laughs> like you say my name enough, and I just saunter I out think, of your closet. I think you're the the most name dropped guest. My legend looms large. <laughs> the most name dropped guest and quoted guest. I think in the yeah. one of the first episodes, or maybe it was the first one. I men I said. A lot good of good, hooch oh, there's in there. a lot of good hooch in there. This is a direct quote from the Grimes. The Grimes Times. Am I close enough? What am I doing? Here? I think you're close enough. Well, right. it's pick. It's picking you up. So right. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 too. It's not a bad setup. No, it's, it's nice. Uh, I like yeah. the ambiance. The the clutch posters everywhere. <laughs> Another running joke. That's what you should just call the podcast Big Clutch, Clutch Guy. Big Clutch Guy with Nate Cross. Hey, it's Nate Big I'm, Clutch Guy I'm Cross. Nate, the the biggest clutch fan you'll ever see. I've run into that too. Like that's not a band that I've listened to, but they're always like on bills. That, yeah, they're like, always on bills with other bands that I like. They're always on playlists. Like my Spotify is always like, Hey, like you should <laughs> It's about time that you dug like, in. Like look, here. you should really give it a shot. Like we think that this is the perfect There's band a for treasure you. trove here that you're just walking over. What, are they from like Maryland or something? I have no idea. I just know that the, all the members just like wear cargo shorts and I'm just like <laughs> when, when I see that, I can't The cargo shorts are typically a warning sign, but you know, you never know. You never know. You don't want to judge the book by the cover that harshly, but I I typically do. <laughs> it's typically, you know, the cover's right like 99% yeah. of the time. Yeah. I made a pact with myself a long time ago to never wear cargo shorts on stage. It's a good and pact. I think I, I don't, I've never done I've never worn shorts on stage. I've seen shorts be pulled off on stage, but I can't do it. I don't know if I've pulled them off. I've worn <laughs> shorts on stage, for sure. I think yeah. I've seen you wear shorts on stage. <laughs> yeah, I definitely yeah. have. Whether yeah. whether or not I was pulling them off, <laughs> I was just like, it's hot. Not uh, to, Yeah, not to slight anyone. I just can't do like, I don't want to look at my, my legs with, like, Nikes on. The times know? I have, I've regretted it. Yeah. I'm just like, ooh, a lot of shin there <laughs> in those picks. Yeah, I think I... toughed it out. I think even in, in Deutschtown, like, a couple years ago, it was, like, the hottest day. And oh, I still yeah. showed up with jeans and boots on. Like, I was getting ready for winter. Probably even, like, a jacket. I don't even know. because you're a professional. I just... You know. <laughs> not a professional. Just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just have to cover most... I, I need to cover most of my body. Yeah, it does feel weird, like, being out there. And it just... it does. It's a bad look. Yeah. It's a bad look. I mean, none of us are like you know kiss no no one's no one's jeans but you should be cultivating some sort of image (laughs) when you're there how do you feel about being a bald guy in a band because now i'm a bald guy in a band uh i don't know how to i don't know how to take it uh you have no choice so here's the thing you leaned in which i like to see as another bald guy i know you know i've been i've been here a couple more years than you have so let me gratiate yeah like how how does that how does it go do you just it's made even worse that like my other two bandmates, amazing hair. Yeah, like Tom's got the Tom's got the big mane. hair. Jim's got the like Uncle Jesse. Yeah, he looks like, great all yeah. the time. He always looks moist and freshly <laughs> gelled and styled. And then you have me just like if I if I grew my hair out, I'd look like Friar Tuck from. <laughs> That's my, exactly what I'm going through. Yeah, like that, like yeah. middle spot, just nothing. Barren. The horseshoe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me. 
it just makes me think of Billy Corgan. And I'm just like, I don't want to look like Billy Corgan. But for me, I couldn't, like, I never had a good haircut. Like, if you look at, like, the pictures of me when I yeah. did have hair, it was a mercy killer. Yeah. Like, it was I, like. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like, you couldn't put it together after 25 years. It's, we're just shutting it down up here. That's how I, I feel. Know. I always had the Richard Simmons cut. Like, you know, you get sweaty on stage. It's just going to throw up and be weird. The Rich Simmons. The Rich Simmons cut. I don't know if it's like I couldn't describe what I wanted to the people at Supercuts. Like, I would go. And I would be like, just like a little longer on top, shorter on the sides. Like, okay, great. So you're going to look like Pete Rose or a nine-year-old boy. And this is what happened every time. I've heard what you're supposed to do is just is go in and give them a picture of someone that you like. Someone that, that whose hair you like. But it's like everyone whose hair I liked has hair. Yeah, yeah they're like, so, I can't give you more we hair. It's like, we can uh, give you implants and... <laughs> yeah. See how that works, and okay. then in six years, you can come back and we'll try this out. Here's a picture of Danny Zuko from Greece. Uh, <laughs> Could you make this work? <laughs> Lady at Sports Clips? Have <laughs> you gotten your hair cut at Sports Clips? I have not. I haven't had my hair cut. Oh, yeah. You, well, you just God. probably just buzz it. Yeah. yeah. I'll I, go I'm... to Sports Clips, and they're like, what do you want on the TV? Is this good? Is, is this baseball game good? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is who that... do you think's going to win? And I'm like... I don't watch baseball. What is that like on? their thing? You can yeah, watch, it's like... like it's supposed to be like a gentleman's, <laughs> a gentleman's club, a gentleman's club, a nine dollar haircut, yeah. and they have this weird room in the back. This is the, my favorite part of sports clips. There's this weird room in the back of sports clips, totally dark in there. I don't know if there's ever lights on, and there's massage chairs. And if you get a certain kind of haircut, they're like, okay, we'll take you back. I've only, I've never asked for this, but I've just gotten swindled into it, like, halfway through. They're just like, come on back. And I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> they sit you down. Like half your hair is cut. <laughs> they're like, come on yeah, back. That's like what happened. They just, it's like when it's cut and just really wet still, and they sit you down in one of these massage chairs, and they put a towel over your face, and they just put the massage chair on and like a hot towel and they start like massaging your head and you're like what is going on and they're like, like that'll be $38 <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> every time I see an old guy walk out of there I'm like it just looks like he got like a happy ending <laughs> it's so strange like, it's, I know what you did yeah I, uh, I was a cost cutters guy Oh, cost cutters. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're defunct. I might be <laughs> too young for that. Yeah. They gave out too many Pete Rose, Evan Pete Rose, Malgrave. The Pete Rose haircut. Yeah. The Pete Rose, Evan Malgrave cut. <laughs> yeah, the, like, you know that like book of like yeah. looks that they have? Yeah. Mine was like in the back. <laughs> they have a picture of you framed. Like, <laughs> we could do this or this. They're like, I don't know why that's you That's Evan Malgrave this. from Norm, from TV's Norm. You almost. And that's Pete. And I almost, uh, almost <laughs> slipped up there. Reverted back. I know. That's sacrilege. It's tough to keep up, you know. <laughs> That's. I mean, we're gonna talk about the uh, the name changes. I mean, I asked a little bit about them this weekend. Yeah, I felt like all of my answers to your questions were just like sentence fragments. Like I left there just being. I don't think I made any sense. No, anymore. that's how every time. Every time I do an interview, I, it's done, and I'm like, so I guess I'll listen back and I'll see what we talked about because I don't remember. <laughs> It's a weird, what it was. It's a weird way to like do an interview. Like this is like we're just sitting down talking. Yeah. There it's like every interview is weird a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's like we're talking about just for people who don't know, we're talking about we did like a live session. Yeah. Um, live at Steel City Death Club session. There's been a few out. 
and there's like five people there yeah. all like doing things like doing things. cameras and stuff i don't yeah. want to waste their time i just want to get like to the yeah. next song so that like my friends can stop <laughs> well, every every time i'm there i'm just i'm just doing i don't know how to like i filmed one before and then every time i've ever been there it's just been i'm just there or i'm hosting so it's like I just stand around for a while and get in everyone's way while they're like trying to do technical stuff. But that's a good job, you know. Low pressure. I just, yeah, you know? it's a low pressure. It's a low pressure job. You know, it's important. I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's an important job, but uh, yeah, I don't do anything that worthwhile. I was uh, I was really impressed with the uh, the operation they have over there. It's a it's a a tight ship that they run over there. It's you know, really cool. Starts on time, and uh, you know, ev- there's a lot of people that are willing to help. It just it runs very smoothly. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think of like the amount of times that I've like, you know, gotten drunk with other people in bands yeah. and talked about, man, we should do like one of those we should video do- <laughs> things, man. And then it just materializes zero percent. Yeah, and then this is uh, the one instance where that actually happens. And it's like done yeah. well, and yeah. like they they knock them out, and you like, yeah, it's awesome. Anyways, let's get down to let's get down to brass tacks. Yeah. We're at nine forty nine, <laughs> and that's. that's the 10 minute rule that's my favorite part of the podcast you just kind of wander into a you conversation just, you, <laughs> like what are they talking about who is this yeah you don't really know where it's gonna go but the 10 minute rule is something i, I live by yeah it has to be well, it doesn't have to be just at least like five to ten minutes of of talking some banter you get now, get it get it warmed up a little get it bit. warmed up now yeah. now that we're doing it we're here we made it and it's at ten fifteen now <laughs> <laughs> all right so getting serious this is the fifth episode of Steel City Deathcast with Nate Cross. I'm the host, Nate Cross, a.k.a. unnamed host number one. You know who it is. <laughs> In the bedroom studio today, we have my good friend, good buddy, Evan Mulgrave of TV's Norm and Turnpike Gardens. How's it going? Great to be here. I'm doing well, man. This yeah. is cool. It's uh... This is like my favorite podcast. I'm glad to hear it. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I'm I mean, sure I'm it's, the key demo. I'm sure. like, like, it's like, yeah, you're the key demo. Oh, Pittsburgh musician that <laughs> yeah. has a lot of people I know on. Yeah, I mean, if you weren't hitting me, you mm. would probably be in trouble. But I, I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, I can't imagine it's getting out to anyone um, besides friends and just a, a, you know the, the very inner circle but at least it's happening yeah you know? exactly and then like if one of us goes on this could just be evidence to destroy our lives later depending <laughs> on what we say true. which is great yeah i do a lot of editing okay, okay good <laughs> i mean not that much it's not like anyone said anything too damning but it's like you know you, you can always feel it around like even right now like yeah. i don't even want it like I feel like something horrible is about to pop out of my mouth. Yeah, like, I don't, exactly. I don't with, know what it is. With a live is. mic, it's always a liability. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah. It's like, you I know want... I'm going to get in my car and be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that about yeah. Smash Mouth. Yeah, you, you don't want to get Kevin Hart to <laughs> yeah. you know, smash mouthed. The, I mean, uh, uh, we were talking about that. Yeah. Uh, let's just go right into the Smash Mouth incident. Bring up the Smash because I, I haven't seen the full video, but I remember we watched it. Yeah, I was just watching it. Uh, before I came here and it's it's an amazing video if you've never seen it it's mm. Smash Mouth at the Taste of Foco Festival which is like a food and wine festival I think in Colorado very fitting for Smash Mouth yeah and the <laughs> video just picks up and it's them coming out for their encore yeah. and the band is playing the chords to All Star okay and you just see bread like flying throughout the air 
Okay. And as Steve steps up to the mic where he's you know gonna start yeah. singing this right uh, All Star, yeah. he's just like, if anyone throws anything else up here, I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. And like the next two okay. minutes is him just threatening to beat people up in the audience, and it's like this great mix of professionalism and complete and com- unprofessionalism. And- <laughs> like his band is playing. They never stop playing. And he's trying chords. to protect them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you're turning everyone who came to mock you <laughs> to mock you even further. Well, I mean, I, I'm on Steve's side because it's like, look, I know yeah, Smash Mouth has side. like a funny like space in the culture, but yeah. it doesn't mean you can throw fucking sourdough Can't, at a guy. Yeah, you don't want to go to a concert and ju- just to throw sourdough at a guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shouldn't have been handing it out for free. Have but. you seen the Nickelback one from a long time ago? I I can't remember where they are. No. But oh, this, oh my God! I can't believe you haven't seen. It. They're in some other country playing a concert. Maybe maybe at a festival. I, can't, I don't know. It might be just a straight Nickelback concert. But they are getting rocks thrown at them, like big rocks. Oh my <laughs> like fucking big god! Rock. And um, the singer Chad Kroger. Of course, um, he's like he steps up to the mic and he's like, "I need we got any Nickelback fans out there?" And then they all it. cheer and then he goes, "You sure?" And then <laughs> they all like sort of start booing. Then he turns around and just this like big fucking rock hits his head. And oh then he just like, God. see ya! And he, they leave the stage. I do remember the. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> That's, if you have to ask, big man. Like, that's so no, they, fucked. Like, I know, it's bad. Like, no. I get it. Like, you might not like a band. If you're at a festival or something like yeah. that, just move on. I learned this lesson, a very important lesson, like, in the weirdest way possible. I was, uh, it was, uh, it was after one of the Winter Rock showcases. Oh, man. It was, uh, either you or There You Are had played, and the band that won... Oh, at God. played oh, Buck God. Cherry's Crazy Bitch. Okay, that was I think we were a part of that one. Yeah. I think we were. And we were like it was me, James, who plays uh-huh. drums in TV's Norm and Turnpike Gardens, and our friend John. And we were in an Uber back to our place and we were so mad that you guys had lost and then uh-huh. you had lost to a band that covered Crazy Bitch. Crazy yeah. Bitch by Buck Cherry. <laughs> so we're in the back of this Uber just talking yeah. so much shit on Buck Cherry. Yeah. Like, dude, fuck that band, fuck that song, blah blah. And the Uber driver just out of nowhere goes Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> I remember the story. <laughs> he goes, Are you guys talking about Buck Cherry? And we were like, Yeah. And then he reaches underneath the seat of his car and pulls out a newspaper. It was either the Post-Gazette or the City Paper, and it was turned to a a story about Buck Cherry, and he hands it to us. He goes, I went to school with the guitarist of of Buck Cherry. And we were like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, he's from Pittsburgh. He's like, we're just really proud of him. And I was like, oh, oh man. And I was like, you're never we're safe. Just, you never just, know. You're Who's just listening? really proud of him. And just, just, you just hear. Yeah, it was the, oh, It was stunned like, what silence. What do you say to that? Like, yeah, and like the way he handled it was like, it wasn't like, hey, dude. Like, Buck Cherry's cool, yeah. my friend's in. It was like he's quiet ma- dignity. He's, he's making you feel bad about this. Like, for real bad about it. He's like, yeah, I know you guys are having some last back there, but Buck Cherry means things to people. <laughs> So. They're important. They're my friends. And uh, how much money have you made off a of song? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, big man. Oh, did they cover your song? Did they cover the your Winter song Rock tonight? Showcase? 
Because I, I don't think so. so. I don't think so. I had a similar thing happen to me. I think I've told you about it, but I'll I'll tell it for the listeners. It's a great story. Basically the same thing, but um, I was talking about a. I was in the car with somebody, and he was like, you know, like, oh, what you know, what do you do? And telling him about stuff. And I think I was headed to a show. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to see my buddy's band play. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you, like, do you play in bands? I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I play in a band in Pittsburgh. And he's like, that's cool. Like, my, my buddy does too. And then we sort of started talking about, like, you know, what we think of the scene and stuff. And, like, just, like, weird things were coming up. And I was like, yeah, we played with this band, like, last week at this festival where this guy. And I started getting into, like, talking about this band sort of in a negative way because of, like... <laughs> how ridiculous the set that I saw was. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I, uh, I know who you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, he goes, I was actually in that band uh, a while back. And I was like, oh, and he goes, yeah, that guy was like my best friend for a while. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I was like, oh, so, you know, it didn't go in your, I thought I was still in the clear. And he's like, I was like, it didn't go in your direction. He's like, well, I mean, I wrote most of the first album. I'm like, oh, shit. You probably heard a lot of my work. You probably that heard night. a lot of my work that night. Like, we kind of just drifted apart, but you know he's a good dude. I'm like, all right, um, please just drop me off anywhere at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't Here's care. fine. I know. Here's fine. It's like, yeah, you never know who's listening. Mm. You know, Clutch could listen to this. Clutch could be, be like, listening to this right now. Motherfuckers. Man. I feel like in a couple years it'll be like, we'll get an email and be like, Ugly Blondes, will you go on tour with Clutch? to be their opener and we think you're perfect and then we'll have no choice to be like of course and then they'll find my podcast and be like oh you talk shit on us every episode <laughs> you even name the podcast you, yeah, Big, Clutch, Big God. Clutch Guy you have five episodes in each one you've said negative things about us but, so you get there on the day and it's like a, a punked like yeah. <laughs> oh like... <laughs> cross we don't want you on this tour asshole <laughs> I could totally see that happening to me. I could. Yeah, I, I could. could. <laughs> you know, you're putting yourself out there. You've thrown know. some hot takes. I but... could totally see that happening. <laughs> it could definitely happen. Anyway, we'll get down to business. All right. So, <laughs> we'll get down to um, so Evan Mulgrave, Nate you're Cross. in the band TV's Norm. I am. And you're in the band Turnpike Gardens. TV's Norm is a... Uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I, when did you guys start up? I mean, it's like relatively new, I would 2017? say. 2017? Was it 2017? Yeah, somewhere around there. It's been about two or three yeah. years, I feel like. And you put out your first song as as uh, John Wayne Gretzky. This is and true. Changed to Norm. Grave now. error. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get it. We can get into that later. Yeah. But um, now your TV's Norm and mm -hmm. you have uh, a couple singles out. Um, got a new album. You're releasing a new album this year right yeah we have a couple things coming up we have um we have a split that we're doing with lemon tree records uh -huh. um i think that's gonna be in marchish split as in there. like uh any like with another band yeah oh, okay, so that's cool nice. and i think they're gonna put it out on cassette which is cool oh that's really cool <laughs> yeah that's the new way yeah that's the new way man. to go yeah when it's not vinyl it's cassette yeah like i <clears throat> i mean if you're gonna do physical 
Yeah, yeah I like mean, it makes I more sense. I think cassettes are probably as cheap as CDs, and and it has the same like lore as a as vinyl does, except you can actually walk around with it and listen to it. Yeah, like yeah. the 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 CD with like the cardboard sleeve. Yeah, the cardboard has sleeve. no lore. There's <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, we we just printed CDs, and it was like we thought we were gonna at least sell a bunch of them. Then it was like, no, nah, we just have a couple boxes of CDs. <laughs> except that we will eventually just start yeah, handing just, out. Yeah. Oh, of we already are. <laughs> <laughs> it's but. like always the thing with like yeah when, when you you go for the merch it's yeah. like you just it's much like anything when you're in a band you just do it for yourself yeah it's true at that point it's like, you gotta I have want it. you gotta yeah i yeah that's exactly it it's like i want to see that i yeah. want to see that printed i'm not you know i don't care if anyone else buys it i'm gonna have it for, for something yeah someday. yeah so that'll be in march and then we're hoping yeah. to have our album out in I would say like May time frame. Okay, nice. Yeah. And it's a. Can, can we talk details about? It? Can I give away anything? Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Because we're friends. I, I, yeah. You, you told me some things. It's a double album. I, I understand. Yeah, we're we're gonna do um our our plan is to do it into like two parts. So we're gonna mm. release like the first half mm. um in May and then probably the second half in the fall. But it'll the plan is that they'll play together. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No one's doing that. We hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so you guys are like, I don't even know what I, what kind of genre I, I, I would I would call you guys. I mean, it's like indie, it's indie rock, I would say, with would like, punk sort of, with like a punk or times. pop punk tinge to it. Yeah. Reminds me a little bit of like Jeff Rosenstock, but also like has some built to spill dinosaur junior type. Yeah. I would say the newer stuff's definitely yeah. like. Uh, the the stuff we're gonna be putting out in May is like a lot of that poppier yeah. kind of Jeff Rosenstock yeah kind of stuff, and then the second half will be like a lot, a bit darker and nice. more kind of like stuff that sounds a little more like the stuff that we put on the EP, okay, which was a little, a little more, more deep, yeah, yeah, indie if you yeah. will. Well, that's an interesting thing because you're also in the band. Turnpike Gardens, yeah, and you guys have a record out. I mean, you, you are. We're, you're still working now, and uh, you're still working on new music, right? Yeah, we have we have been recording like an album for for a while, but yeah. we're hoping to have that out probably around the same time. Oh, wow, busy busy yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Um, but yeah, it's interesting though because you have this you have one record out with Turnpike Gardens already, and it was the first thing you did before TV's Norm and everything. Yeah, and the influences from that record. <laughs> Especially just guitar playing wise, yeah, are so like they're on different planets. Yeah, like it's, by design. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when I first met you, I was like, "This dude's a shredder," you know, yeah. like shredding licks, shredding riffs, yeah. like riff master type stuff. Yeah, and you know, it's very hard rock, and you know, um, I don't know, radio friendly blues type of stuff. Um, and now TV's norm are on the complete other end of the spectrum. Like, when I see you play live, it's mostly just, like, like open chords and stuff. Yeah. And has, like, more of a songwriting, you know, like, verse chords, like, set in stone type of thing. What happened? <laughs> what happened? What, what happened That's to what you? my father asks <laughs> constantly. That's what every dad asks. Yeah. yeah, just wants to hear the blues rock. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I, I think, like, like, most people who, like their first project they look back on and they're just like oh my god right yeah right. <laughs> so who'd you grow up listening to though i mean like i was listening or, to you, your you and your brother's podcast and it's so funny because 
I felt like I had the exact same <laughs> kind of upbringing yeah. musically yeah. of like in the most formative years yeah. I was so locked into like <laughs> classic rock and like you're not oh budging whatsoever God. like yeah. it, when you brought up VH1 classic I had like Dude. an acid flashback the, of like the all the sh- shit I used to watch yeah. like I feel like Eddie Trunk <laughs> is, is responsible for holding me back I forgot about Eddie like, what was that show that was that on? metal that show. metal show yeah oh my god I watched so much of that so much and I, I was like convinced I was like too. Rock's coming back <laughs> he's got Chris metal. Jericho on Chris Jericho of Fozzie fame of Fozzie and WWE fame <laughs> yeah it was like I don't know what it was but like I just I was so convinced that that was like that's real rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And it's so stupid. Like it's you very look back stupid. at it and you're like, what? what and was I, I get, thinking it had to be out of just pure insecurity. Like I didn't understand something that other people were into or something like that's, that. That's that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, as <laughs> probably exactly that. Like I just like you're just not cool enough, you know, to like get like new music. Yeah, so it I was definitely like, wasn't. No, hundred yeah. percent not. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. Have you ever heard of Grand Funk Railroad? <laughs> yeah, because they're because they're great. Because like, think of that. Think yeah. of being like, what other time period could you be locked into listening to music that's like thirty and forty years old? That'd be like my dad being like, uh, I only listen to Jelly Roll Morton. Okay, <laughs> so I don't have time. For Led Have you Zeppelin, heard Robert Johnson, uh, yeah, exactly. Sir, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> what a deep pull. That's a deep. I feel like I didn't even know that was real. Jelly <laughs> Roll Morton, what a great name. Oh my god, Ugh, they should bring names like that back. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should by the end of this podcast, yeah. we should double we'll each other. We'll Just have, let it happen yeah. organically. Jelly, Jelly Roll. So yeah, I mean, the, the, oh, like first. Like, when I started picking up guitar, it was just all, that's all I wanted to do. It was, yeah. like, shred solos, write yeah. riffs. I thought yeah. I was, like... I like th- any other guitar kid. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, you want, like, the cool stuff. And, yeah. and it's so weird, too, of, like, I was so concerned about, like, becoming really good at my instrument. Yeah. But, like, had very little concern with how it sounded. Yeah. So it's, like, I could shred, and it didn't... Like my guitar could sound like a Casio keyboard, yeah. but as long as what as I was playing what looked doing. impressive yeah. or sounded impressive, like so, I think it. I, I would hope that some of that was just maturity. Right. <laughs> like, you don't. Yeah, need it's to like do... at a certain age, you just hit. You're just like, okay, what yeah. was I? What was the point of that? There was. There yeah. was. There was none. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to appease Eddie Trunk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one day I'm gonna give my CD to Eddie Trunk and him and Jim <laughs> Florentine. Like, this is this is what you should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Is that real? Real rocks. This back. is real rock. <laughs> Turnpike Garden's first album, but um, like even Turnpike. I mean, I've seen you guys play like more recently, and you guys have shifted sounds as well to being more indie friendly and uh definitely well yeah. and like the way that we wrote the first album was we didn't have a singer it was yeah. just jim uh nick our bassist and at that time we had a second guitarist uh dave our buddy dave would just get together and jam uh-huh. 
and then we would record the jams and then like turn them into what we thought were songs like we weren't putting like any like melody yeah. to them yet but we yeah. had written songs we were like this will be the chorus this mm. will be the verses this yeah. will be but like we didn't have a singer to like right. guide that process right. um and then eventually we did um find heather who's yeah. a great singer mm-hmm. um and she was kind of locked into like having to try to make sense of, of this what album <laughs> that we've already <laughs> written already done. and recorded. Yeah. And wow, like, we definitely did have similar, like, first album. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so we did, your, like, the same thing, pretty much. Yeah, just, like, yeah. the worst way that the you, worst could way you could design an yeah. album. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we're going to make melody and vocals a complete afterthought that happens last. <laughs> yeah, because that does, it's not, it's not important. Yeah, but my nine guitar solos. Yeah. My, there is a lot of guitar solos. <laughs> Ridiculous. And you don't really do many guitar solos anymore i'm starting to like i'll put them in here and there yeah but like, just like when they a fit measure yeah when they, yeah, when they yeah. fit and they definitely do yeah um but who, like in the first one there's like a two minute long right. guitar so i'm like get out yeah, of here there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of noodling going on i mean it's not a bad record i still have listened to it there's but it, just, it uh, has its moments it has its moments and it's definitely you know it's definitely good and, and well produced but definitely it just, yeah it just did a great uh, job it sounds amazing yeah it's just such a difference in in style yeah, and, and with writing that second record, yeah. the one that we're recording now, it was mm. much more about getting Heather involved in the process. Mm. It's like, if you, like that's the most important part of band. Yeah, I, so, I, I, would, I would tend to agree. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... <laughs> it holds in, some importance. Instead of having the focus be on my nine-minute-long guitar yeah. solo, maybe we should figure out the yeah. vocals first. So, What made you want to do the Norm stuff? Like, What made you want to go in that route? The music I was listening to at the time, yeah, like getting really into like the '90s, yeah, indie stuff, and like you know, listening to a lot of Built to Spill and yeah. Modest Mouse. And is there any particular Pixies. record that did it for you? Lonesome Crowded West okay, is like yeah. one of my favorite very records great. of all time. Yeah, very good. Like that, just the sonics on it, the songwriting, mm. the attitude, um, and like I wanted to add more like idiosyncrasy mm-hmm. like weirdness yeah there's and, a good bit of weirdness yeah yeah and and I, that's what i love about that music it yeah. feels so handmade for that reason like who else could have made lone's Prado west except for that band at that time right yeah um and uh i just didn't feel like turnpike it was right for turnpike to mm. do that kind of stuff so it just like it made more sense to start a new project yeah i like, can just like start over from the beginning like if you had the same name it would just be weird. It would just be weird. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. And you started that. You started TV's Norm with Jim, the drummer for Jim Connolly from Turnpike Gardens. Yeah. And Tom Chorba from There You Are. Yeah. And you sort. I mean, you sort of went over that story this weekend in, in your session, but if you could say yeah, it just again. rehash. It let's again. rehash it because it's it's a good story. I don't. <laughs> I I think you may have told me about it before, but I'm not. Like it felt like the first time I was. Yeah, it's it's, a sh- it's good. It's shameful, yeah. so I, I try to keep it to myself. It's good, but uh, no, we uh, I, there was like a short period of time where I was trying out stand up comedy. <laughs> Very short period of time. Yeah. Um, I think I did it like three times. Each one, like the but, first I mean, one, wasn't a complete disaster. So I was like, oh, I'll try that again. I Maybe mean, you have better. more balls than me. Like I've I've thought about it, and it's just like. It's so rough. It's nerve wracking. I mean, just oh, to even God. think about it is nerve wracking. It's really bad, and it's like I don't know. It's different than music because yeah. like, it's just you. It's, it's just you. <laughs> if it's, you bomb, yeah, they're bomb. They're booing at you, <laughs> yeah, not but, any more people. No, you, yeah. your bad ideas. <laughs> 
you're like it, and like so much of it is like you have to connect with the yeah. audience and when you're nervous and anxious there's nothing there's no that way you can tells people more than watching you yeah. sweat and oh stammer me and my girlfriend went to a uh, we just went to an open mic night oh one night like a couple of months ago at uh, Hambones actually just, just to like see just it's to see how like brutal. just to see what it was like we just we both like comedy and we're just like it was just like kind of you just felt bad and just like awkward moment after awkward moment it was just like you you know going, sitting there snickering I don't, I don't know going tough. to an open mic night is like I respected everybody 100% yeah, yeah I mean it takes balls to do it but yeah. it's like <clears throat> man it can get it's like yeah. mainlining second hand embarrassment yeah. it's just like oh Rough. and that was me right up there and right. uh I think it was the last time I ever did it. <laughs> I, I like, and I even like, I remember I had like a notebook yeah. with like my bits. Like, I don't want to forget these, yeah. these gems. How old were you? Oh God, I was probably 23 maybe. Oh, okay. Um, yes, yeah, a long time yeah. ago. Maybe, maybe a little older. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah. So I walked up there. Uh, it was at wing hearts in Oakland, which doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Um, I've heard due to my set, they, they were like shuttered down. No. Uh, um, but the, the backing band was there you are. Like they were like the house band. Uh-huh. So in between like guests, like they would play a song yeah. or like as people were coming up, they would play a little bit. Okay. And, um, that's interesting. It was cool. Yeah. And like, I, they were great. Yeah. Like I, I love there you are. And that was the first time I'd ever heard them. I was in turnpike gardens yeah. or where we were starting to gig and i was like this would be a great band for us to play with sure because we'll probably talk about it too like yeah. when we first started it was just like we you don't know who to play with right, yeah. like what bands are yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i go up to uh do my set and i just absolutely like bomb i remember having my notebook like there so it's like if you forget your bits just grab the notebook yeah. and open them and it was just going so poorly the that notebook just, was there i remember reaching for it and my brain just going just don't <laughs> just don't and i just shoved it it's under my arm like, that bad. thanks Good everybody night. yeah so i walk back enjoy your wings <laughs> yeah and they're like, we won't now. <laughs> you ruined it for you us. You ruined my night. <laughs> uh, so uh, I uh, saw Tom as he was like leaving. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I'm in a band, Turn by Gardens. I think your band's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, hit us up to do a show sometime. And then uh, like I got a text like the next day. And he was like, dude, I heard your song on the radio on my way to Wing Hearts. So it was like that's so strange. Yeah, that's yeah. very weird. So you still like started playing with their. I remember, I remember too. Like the first, uh, I think the first Ugly Blondes Turnpike Garden show was with another band. We played at Smiling Moose. But I remember you came up to us afterwards, and you're like, I don't know if you ever heard of this band. There you are, but like. We think like I think that you guys would be great playing with it. Like we should get like a you know, triple bill sometimes, and then that started the the, the, the three headed dragon yeah. of just gigging together for the next like. There was like a year and a months. half where I feel like I played with just those like I, th- no, those it, three bands. Yeah, were just what we did. Yeah, after a while we were just like, oh, let's get this sh- like let's book this place. Like who should we get? It's like Turnpike Gardens. There you are. That's that's good. And we're done. <laughs> and yeah. we're done. Yeah, we just don't. That's that was the effort that we had to put in. I remember the first time I played a show with uh, There You Are, it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, they just, like, were unreal. Yeah. 
Like, it was like watching, like, Guns N' Roses or something. They were just jamming. I've only heard... I wasn't there from the get-go, but I I never saw them as a four-piece. I've saw, seen them as a three-piece. And it was, it was still amazing. still great. Yeah. yeah. It was like... Uh, but, yeah, that was like... I remember the first show that we ever did together. Yeah. And I just remember, I think we played to my dad and your dad. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember. And like that it was, was upstairs with it. Smiling Moose. Oh my God. Yeah. It was you, Jim, our dads, and then I don't even know. That was probably it. I think that was it. Yeah, I mean, was... it felt like playing on the lunar surface. <laughs> it was so strange. <laughs> this friendship did not start off. The best part about it was, though, we, we were starting, like, it was so early in both the band's like lifetimes I remember like getting off that show I'm like that was awesome <laughs> like I still like loved it like it was great I remember like when you would first start as a band it's just any show any shows like, yeah yeah it was like a gift like oh yeah. this is wonderful wait Afton wants us to play yeah. the Rex Theater and all I need is to have my dad co-sign a loan. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Yeah. The first show we ever had was at Smiling Moose, and we were opening for some touring band. And I remember, like, thinking, like, I had no idea. We'd never played a show in Southside before, but and I had, I don't even know if I'd been to Southside before. And I just remember thinking, like, we, like this is going to be insane. Like, we're going to go there. There's going to be people just hanging out and watching, like, and just drinking. And it's going to be like the best night and then we got there and it was literally like there was nobody and then but still like in my head I was like next time it'll yeah. be different <laughs> yeah there's like such like when you're first starting out like those things just don't bother you whatsoever no they don't bother you at all cause you're like well it takes a couple goes yeah everybody yeah. has bumps in the road yeah. before you know it's people not are gonna be like this forever yeah I mean eventually sure, they're gonna three know three months that people hear about us it's me doing it <laughs> it's, it's not Everybody it's else. It's not everyone else. It's our. We're the only band, <laughs> one of the only bands in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and that's your thought I too. I remember thinking like, that too. Like no one's doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody's playing this twist <coughs> on classic rock. It's like the, this new, this nuanced classic. No one's doing that. Nobody's got this sound. <laughs> I'm playing a Les Paul out of a Fender amp. People I mean, are gonna be astounded by this, and <laughs> you know, rightfully so. You know, I'm astounded by it. And then a year later, a year later, like, fuck, <laughs> it's over. I'm, you know, a couple grand deep in this. <laughs> but there's like, I don't know. It's like I feel like you hit that, like there's that initial, like you start out, you think you're gonna be, yeah, like, GNR eighty eight. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And then once you like are able to reset your, um, like expectations yeah. and and like. A, it helps you focus on, like, the music more. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, what are you sure. doing? Like, okay, so it, nobody cares? Yeah. Well, at least let me do what I let want me, now. Yeah. You know? No, I, I completely agree. You have to get that those first few moments of just disappointment until you're like, all right, <laughs> I like this music, and yeah. I'm going to make it. And that's the most important yeah. thing. That's a, that, I was thinking about this on the way over, though. Cause it, like you, I mean, you started in Turnpike Gardens a long time ago. Like, wh When did you guys start? That was probably, like, what, 2013? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, it all blends together. Because, I mean, G Jim and I have been playing literally since ninth grade. Right, yeah. Like, just in his house. I remember... Yeah, me too. We would just... 
like write like these nine minute long metal songs that just Amazing. will never see yeah. the light of day. <laughs> like, oh, they gotta. Come um, on. I think I think he has a hard drive somewhere in his house, and the one night we listened to them, and it hear just that. like it sounds like like these two people are psychotic. <laughs> Why would you record this? Why would you write this? Why like you, there's no bass, there's no like oh, er, all no. instruments sound bad. I'm sure just like, just a ton of sh- like buzz saw guitars. Oh, my guitar at that point I was playing like a crate two twelve. Mm, oh, I dude, I had a crate. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> my guitar sounded like Dimebag Daryl's muffler. <laughs> like it was just like low end. It was trash. low, and then you put the clean channel on, and it's so much louder than the distortion. Hundred You put the distortion on, it becomes like, like nothing. Why does it? Why does it not get louder when I want it to be? louder like because i don't know how to work this yeah. damn thing because <laughs> i have a terrible amplifier i had a line six amp oh. I, I was a crate cab and a line six ahead for like when i started out when i was a kid just like mismatched and i didn't have a pedal board for it but like there was a ton of effects on the on the head and literally when i wanted to switch effects i would go i would walk back to the amp and press like the clean button and then i would there was a rock button and then there was a metal button and like when i wanted to go overdrive i just press the metal button but I, I didn't, yeah i had to do it with my finger it was that stupid i like the idea of you like walking over to the head like what am i feeling am i feeling rock or am, am i feeling, feeling rock? metal there's literally videos online of me as like a 13 year old boy playing and you can see me walk back to my amp and press like a yellow button that says metal on it you showed me some of those videos it was shocking how young you were like <laughs> was i was like young. That's you. That's what I was like, wearing. Like, that's cargo a boy. Shorts. You, know, you know, Nike shocks on, Nike shirt, rocking a Zach Wild signature Epiphone Les Paul that I, I mean, got for Christmas. Which I, I, I still know, have it. Yeah, and you almost gifted it to me like I know. Um, like a month ago. You're like, you can have it. it. I was like, I can have it. You're like, well, my parents like, have decided that they want to keep it as some sort of like I don't even know like 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 landmark in their house. They love the guitar. Like, I'm like, I want to sell this. I don't use it. And they're like, how could you sell it? It's beautiful. I'm like, there's a bullseye in the middle of it. I know. <laughs> like, they love that guitar. I don't know why. Like, I, it's so odd. To get, like, what has Zach Wilde done that they, like, have I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know my mom was an, my mom and my dad were Aussie fans. But they had to be Rhodes era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy Train and, uh, and Up. Yeah. Maybe just Crazy Train. I'm not even really sure. But yeah, I don't think they had any connection to Zach Wilde. <laughs> Zach. They don't, seem like, they don't strike me as black label society. Every time I go over to visit, I'm like, I got to take this and sell it. And they're like, oh my, Nathan, no. It's like you're, it's, it's as if you're, like you're grabbing your grandmother's urn. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to sell it's this. It's very special. Like, are them. you out of your mind? <laughs> This is a Zach Wild Epiphone guitar. <laughs> it's not even the Gibson. I know, no, it's not a Gibson. It was a cheaper. It was like, it was like 400 bucks. Still in great condition. I used it like three times in my With the, life. Uh, was that of the, like, the EMG? Like, oh, yeah the, yeah, the complete metal pickups that sound like trash. <laughs> you need yeah. like a 9-volt battery <laughs> yeah, to operate. Yeah, yeah like, there's a battery thing in the, yeah. the back of it. But um, anyways, what was I saying? <laughs> I, I, I totally forgot um, what we were talking about. We were talking about starting off in oh, bands versus... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, is it, like, you played in Turnpike for a while, and you guys gigged out a lot. ton. And then, you know, I graduate, like, as with a lot of bands, like, you just stop doing it so much. You know, you realize you don't need to be doing that. And then when Norm started, when when it was John Wayne Gretzky, when you guys started, you guys were kind of like a unicorn type of band. It was like, (laughs) you'll see, like, every once in a blue moon, you'll catch a show. 
And now you guys are starting to gig a lot more. Like since like 2019 and on, you guys have had a lot of shows. So like, yeah. I can only imagine like the new like the thought of like having a new project with a new name, new sound. Like, does it give you st- like that? that optimism that you had like when you were just starting off is it the same sort of like emotional like uh feeling i, I don't think it's the same like because i mean a lot yeah. of the the initial is delusion right, right. <laughs> but, not the exact same yeah but, but no it is it, it's just it just feels good to have something mm. that like you're proud of right a, yeah um be something that you feel like is new something yeah. that you haven't done before yeah um and um, something with its with its whole life ahead of it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and i feel that way about the the turnpike record coming up too like mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's it's a good representation of like the people that made it where we are musically mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that and with with tv's norm it's like we definitely feel that way like like yeah i i feel like i feel like tv's norm is the best representation of like me as a musician i could see i could say that it has a lot more of like just listen to lyrics oh absolutely yeah yeah like the the, the lyrics and i wanted to ask about i mean that was another thing i was going to talk about we can talk about it now but sure. um yeah the lyrics i asked you about this at the session again i probably gave a terrible answer worth diving back into <laughs> yeah um but the lyrics i love because it you are a funny dude, um, and you work that into the lyrics. Like listening to your lyrics, like it's like black comedy, sort of like <laughs> yeah. d- you know, depressing in this like hilarious way. Yeah, that makes you feel good because you're just like, you know, this yeah. guy's feeling the same type of thing. You know, like it's just like a funny outlook on like how shitty things can be sometimes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. At least somebody but, gets it. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely get it. And like, like, where does that? How does that? What are your inspirations for that? For writing these types of lyrics, is there like a certain person that you look to that's like done it before? Well, yeah, like like for me, like when when me and Jim like started playing music, and like Jim was was an English major, and uh-huh. he got me into like a lot of books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Vonnegut was like one of the first guys that sure, yeah. we like really bonded over. So that kind of like fatalism attitude is like yeah, yeah definitely very yeah. uh appealing to me mm. and it's just it, like uh a way at looking at the world of um yeah i don't know it's uh guys like that um musicians like i've always been drawn to lyrics like mm. in music yeah. like when i was younger like really into dylan yeah um as i got older got into guys like isaac brock from modest mouse mm. people that you know their lyrics were less of like just an afterthought, which right. like some rock music can oh, yeah. be. A lot of it. I mean, a lot of stuff I listen to for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted, I definitely wanted that to be part of like the makeup of TV's norm. Cause yeah. I, and I knew it was a way to like differentiate ourselves yeah. in some ways. Like, you know, we're, we're playing traditional rock instruments. We don't, we're not doing anything crazy sonically. Mm. So to give the band more personality in that way, it was like really, I want these to be yeah like a certain way yeah it's definitely one of my favorite parts oh, about tv's that. norm like i was just listening to um I, I i was i was listening to the the audio file of the live session i, I heard a little bit of it but there was the the, the first song you play I, can't, I don't know what it's called your own goddamn your own planet. goddamn planet is that the uh, massive tumors and whopper juniors <laughs> like it's just so good like yeah. it's just a funny two phrases put together that just 
they definitely fit together but don't at the same time. Yeah, that's like... They that's fit some... together in a very tragic way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of our, our, our the stuff that I write is kind of like that, like an existentialism. Yeah. Know, just trying to make sense of yeah. what the fuck is going on in this yeah. planet and like the the things that I'm always drawn to are like the extremes in either end of mm. like how can a world exist mm. that, you know, yeah. has like this much grief Right. and sorrow and <laughs> right. terrible shit it's and so then terrible. stuff like you know Twinkies and you know and it's like it's like right now I mean we're doing a fun podcast while yeah. we're going to war on the brink of war <laughs> yeah and we've been on we've been yeah. at war for like 10 years before and it's, I, yeah. right before you came in I literally looked at my Twitter and was like war I was like oh yeah. shit it's, it's, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, it's yeah, God, yeah, and I mean, yeah, the, everything right is, is so fucked up. Yeah, that's like, yeah, exactly. Like right now is the best time for for a band like TV. <laughs> I think <laughs> once this record comes out, it's gonna be like everyone's fucking bible. Oh, let's I'm hope look, so. I'm looking forward to it. Um, another thing that's that's cool about the humor aspect of your band is your promotion, <laughs> the promotional stuff. It's like some of my favorite stuff to do. I mean, I look forward to every Norm <laughs> promo video for every show. Because, like, just to give a run, if anyone doesn't know, it's always you, like, in front of a green screen with just, like, 90s, you know, actors that have since... <laughs> their their moment has dead, come but... and gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just, like, make reference to them, and they're always so funny. So, like... It's a new way of doing things, which I really enjoy. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's more just not taking yourself seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like we take obviously our music seriously, yeah. but like, I when I see people like artists, like even artists that I really like, it's yeah. just I don't. And it's cool for for them if that's like mm-hmm. their way. Like I just don't feel that way. Yeah. Like I don't feel like a super serious guy. Yeah. Like I have serious thoughts and I yeah. can write songs about serious things, but I don't have to like, you know, wear a scarf or something. Right. And yeah. Very, <laughs> very like, demure. you don't have to let Kravitz yourself. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Me and Justin were just talking about that on the last podcast. It was like, I think the best part of our band now is the fact that we kind of just gave up in that sense of like going home and before a show, like, let me put on my, on my gig clothes and, <laughs> Like, let me look really cool. It's just like, you know, I don't, it just feels better and just. It feels like you guys. Yeah, it feels, like, yeah, it feels like yourself a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it, it, and that's been cool to see from you yeah. guys too. Like, I remember seeing you guys like right around, I think it was right around like right before you had released Drag. And it was just like, you guys were like hitting the stride that yeah. like you've continued on now. Yeah. And it was just like, oh wow, just like, a little bit better. Just a little. Well, I, I think the first time I, first time we met, and the first time you probably saw us play, I was literally wearing camo printed jeans <laughs> that I bought specifically for that show. Can I tell the story about the first time that we met? Absolutely. I told it at your release show, but I think it's funny. Okay, yeah. The um, <laughs> it was at the Winter Rock Showcase. I forget what year. Um, but 2014, oh probably. Oh my god. Yeah. The ravages of time. <laughs> no, twenty. I think it was twenty fifteen. Actually, it's just slightly 14, better. 15, whatever. Somewhere in there. Yeah. But uh, Turnpike Gardens played. Uh, Ugly Blondes were there, and it was just a weird like very vibe. Yeah, very a weird tense. vibe. I mean, like it's a competition. Yeah. And like, but like we, yeah, like 
it's a competition, but I remember going in there being like, well, we'll try to meet some people. Yeah. Then, yeah. It was like probably our like fourth show as a band. Yeah, we had not played very much at all. <laughs> and so like now it's like we're in the pressure cooker yeah. of competition. Yeah. It's like let's try to make some friends. Yeah. And like you your band was like one of the only other bands that were like just nice and like would talk to each other. Yeah, you guys were the only friendly people, I remember that. And we played our set. I think we played second. Mm-hmm. And the I I didn't watch a ton of the band that was on before. <laughs> and I came off uh like and i was like clearing off my gear yeah. and like you were the first person that came up to me like after like my friends and family yeah as we're like coming to the backstage and like you you took out your hand you're like i really liked your set man and i was like i really like yours too and you were like we have we haven't played yet <laughs> and i thought like <laughs> when you told the story of the release show i was like i don't remember that now i do <laughs> now i completely remember and like the band that played before was like a piano duo i believe but like he oh, yeah. he looked i thought he looked somewhat similar to you and now like looking back i was like yeah. you're insane but it also comes from like this neat like i don't like yeah. it's almost like pavlovian like yeah. great set great. you too man no that's it is you know yeah Great. Oh, so many people have come up to me and just said like, "Hey, great set!" Like when I'm just like at the bar. Yeah. He's like, "I wasn't even playing." And at that moment, I was like, "I I am a dick, and this person will never speak to me ever." No, I remember hey, six years later. Here I was, we are. I, here we are talking in my. You're in my bedroom right now. I remember literally like there was a, you guys had business cards. Oh yeah. And you were like you left them in a bunch of places, and I was I remember picking one up and like showing everyone. I was like, "This is who we're gonna play with." I was like, "They were so cool." You guys were like the only night. Those winter rock showcases. Oh my god, yeah, were they? They were. They, they, were, were, they were tense. What made it even worse is like you would like everybody would bring their own crowd. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd. So they just no one was technically there for any anyone other than other than yeah. And like most of the bands like got it. Like hey, it's a chance for everybody to just like play with a good crowd, a Mm. good show. But like some of the fans were like they were vicious. Yeah. Like, Like no, yeah, we've we've we made some enemies after those oh like, my god not yeah. not even trying whatsoever just it just happens because everyone's so upset it's like yeah you shoved my dad over <laughs> yeah. because he clapped for my band and not your your uncle's band yeah. or whatever yeah, th- yeah there were some like bizarre heated moments oh, they, oh my god yeah we watched a guy uh we watched because we i mean i don't want to brag but we we won. That was ours. one of the funnest nights. Well, we, Do you remember when you guys won and we went yeah. across the street to Buckhead? Yeah, we just danced. Yeah, we just danced like, like so, I'm so drunk, just like so happy. I remember at one point you just like I was on top of it, off of a table. I was on top of a chair and I was doing like just like my arms out like Jesus Christ pose, and then I was just dropping. That was one of the most fun things. It was like the first night we were like, we did it. I know. We all did it. We all, yeah, we all did it that night. It was like a coup. uh, Yeah, but that night I remember like one of the bands that lost, we got like fireball handles as gifts just for like being there. One of the bands that lost literally threw theirs on the ground and it shattered everywhere. And it was like the most awkward moment. That's insane. Yeah, like one lady came up and was like, did you guys do this? And we're like, no, it was that good. It's like, and what an odd venue. Like mostly a cheeseburger restaurant. Mostly a cheeseburger. (laughs) There's a lot of The rock and roll's an afterthought. (laughs) A lot of entrees being brought out. A lot of smoky trays, fajitas. 
it, like, I feel like the Hard Rock Cafe is, like, somewhat perfect to that, like, VH1 classic, like, idea that we're talking it's about. exactly like, true. Yeah. At some point, some of those, like, 70 rocks got, like, 70s rock guys became, like, less people than they did thin it's, restaurants. They're, they're, like, like, slash. They're, like, characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's, it's. Even guys that I loved growing up, it, like, not even in that way, but like when I started getting into better music, are starting to be like that too. Like when I was like super into like Foo Fighters and like Queens of the Stone Age. Like you look at like Dave Grohl and Josh Homme now. Like Homme looks like a fucking clown <laughs> most of the time. Like I, I hate to talk shit to him because I you know love the love Queens. Like I always love Caius is my. I shit. love Caius and I love Queens forever. Yeah. But like. It's got to be weird to reach that the leather level. jacket. And the, yeah. yeah, yeah. It just. Well, I think. I mean, human beings. I'm about to go deep. Okay, let's go. Uh, human beings. It's like we're we're based off like survival is based on our adaptability. Right. So like, where whatever situation you are in, you are going to you adapt have to. to and become. Yeah. So if, like for two decades. You You're in have been told, yeah. like th- this is who you are. Mm-hmm. It's like. I think you just lose like you lose, perspective yeah. of like I was a guy and I got like I'm now talented I'm not but really I'm like a guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. John Mulaney has a great bit about that in his newest one of his newer stand up specials. Um, but he talks about meeting Mick Jagger on <laughs> SNL and he's like people ask me if Mick Jagger was nice and I say, No. <laughs> Or, yeah, if it was his version of nice. Yeah. Like, maybe he was being nice, like, to how his worldview is. Yeah. Like, that's the same type of thing. You just, like, lose sight of, like, what's regular, How could you keep perspective yeah. in that? Like, yeah. where, like, yeah. I mean, every night you're in front of, like, 25,000 people yeah. that just love you. Yeah. And everything you do. Like, you can just <laughs> say, like... Them. Yeah. nonsense in between songs yeah. and they explode and it's gotta just screw you up just horrifically really weird like I, I I'm constantly fascinated by like that like what success can yeah. do to like an artist like both their work and just like how mm. they respond to that yeah. attention like mm. it is so fascinating like it, very, it really is it's crazy that's why I've been drawn to more guy. like my favorite people now are people that are kind of like self-made and still yeah. like go on the road and play like really small club venues and are making a you know a record or two a year just because they need money like, yeah <laughs> yeah like like um like Ty Siegel and like the OCs and King Giz and even guys like Mark Kozalik, like who's yeah. putting who puts out like six albums a year <laughs> that it's just basically him talking, talking with an acoustic <laughs> it's like guitar. I love it I love it <laughs> well no and I think that's what I, like drew me to the style of music that TV's Norm yeah. plays now is like the stuff from yeah, for the sure. 90s of of that like it was such an odd time to watch these bands that were like so clearly not big bands yeah. but because Nirvana and all these other bands like blew up they got signed to like huge huge labels like it's so insane to see a band like built to spill be able to make the records that they were able to make Mm -hmm. and and um i I remember reading uh this like spin article from the 90s that's right after built to spill puts out um i think it was perfect from now on and um the the writer from spins following them around Mm -hmm. and it's like all three of them are sharing one room in a Best Western. They've hired no crew. Mm-hmm. They're all carrying their own gear, and like their albums on Warner Brothers and yeah. 
and and the writers like asking them like well why are you doing this like yeah. you don't have to be doing this he's like it's not gonna last he's like we we know that this is an anomaly this yeah. will come and pass and we're not interested in changing what we do yeah so if it means we all have to cram into a best western and i remember reading that and just being like fuck yeah 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 that's like that's the mentality yeah it's yeah it makes you feel a little bit more like sure of it it's like if i'm gonna make it i can at least make it in this capacity and people at least know my music even if i am sleeping in a best western <laughs> with my bandmates and not only like, that but like like and that at that time they were like at the most successful they've probably right, ever been right. but they understand that like we only have control over the one thing the yeah, music right everything else is going to ebb and flow and like you can try to dictate it in some way but like when it comes down to it like really the only thing that you control is your music your work mm-hmm. and with like i don't know like you you find out about the, the realities of like a lot of bands whose work you're really into but yeah. maybe they're not the biggest band on earth um there's like something um i don't know i mean obviously you wish that they would be able to to earn a living mm-hmm. be doing what they do because it's right. like it's exceptional right um but the fact that they do it anyway just because like they, they work their ass just because they love it and they've been doing it forever like seeing it's inspiring yeah exactly like seeing like the melvins like a band that's as legendary as the melvins like i literally have two fucking posters <laughs> really oh my wall. um but like they come to the Rex every year and yeah. it's like you know we've played like both of our bands have played at the Rex and yeah. it's just like to see them play small club venues and not stage a it's just awesome yeah it's so much more fun and I remember reading yeah. there was an article that somebody had put out recently but it was like it took like 10 indie bands and like they just basically disclosed like their mm-hmm. finances and I forget who it was but one of the bands I was like I was sure that this band's like, oh, they're making a living mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. Because they tour all the time. They put out pretty big records. And they're like, we can pay ourselves $1,000 a month from the band. <laughs> oh and you're God. like, oh you can God. do what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So but it, still, it's... I, I don't have like these aspirations that I'm going to be able to make a living doing this. Yeah, but, neither uh, do I. But it's just... What else what am else I going to do? do? <laughs> yeah, what else are you going to do? It's like, you love it and... Yeah. Might not make enough, might not make money, but it's like, at least try. Yeah. You know? I remember kind of one of the things that really changed my perspective was, and this is another like stupid thing that we did, but like TV's Norm's first show, uh, we were John Wayne Gretzky at that point, but uh, our first show was like in Austin. Oh, right. South by Southwest. Yeah. I forgot that you guys went to South by Southwest. We could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. A friend of ours had gone down the year before, Vinny from Semi Supervillains, and he needed like a backing band. Uh So we were like, yeah, we'll we'll be your backing band, and then we'll just book our own stuff down there. Yeah. And seeing like just the level of like desperation yeah. was like it, it was like disheartening in some well yeah. in obvious ways like you would walk down 6th street and it would just be lined with people's demos oh, like okay. like people just grab them take them like throw them yeah, down that's... and like you would see some of the bands out there like really trying to just like get eyes and attention and, yeah and then like we would just like play our set to like a couple yeah. people and it was like you know, I may never make, make it, but at least I'll have my <laughs> dignity. Like yeah, that's at least, like more important. At least I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah, and I'm still I'm in the same festival that all these people are. Yeah, and it's, it's like just to be a part of and a blast, and especially with like how Pittsburgh feels right yeah. now. Like like comparing 
Pittsburgh, making music in Pittsburgh now to when we started like five years ago. It's entirely different. It couldn't be more different. It's entirely different. Yeah, yeah. like there's there's an actual community. Mm. Um, the bands are like unbelievable. They're better. so, I find out about a new amazing Pittsburgh band every day. It's amazing. Yeah, and it, I like you can. I've listened to like straight up just local bands like for weeks at a time. Yeah, you know, like, it's it, it, that much. It, there really is, and it's like whatever you're into. Like yeah. there's great hip hop, there's great indie rock, yeah. there's great like straight up rock metal. Yeah. It's yeah. and really impressive, and like that is inspiring too. It's yeah. like you hear like this is happening in your town. Yeah, like, with people that you may have seen before, like at a show, or maybe have even played with. Um, and the other great thing that <laughs> it's going to sound a little bit negative, but there's not a, there's not a lot like, like hard rock and like classic rock styles is not, I don't think it's King anymore no. in the city, which is great. Yeah. It's refreshing. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just think that it, it opens up for like variety. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think, I don't know, I, I'm starting to see, I feel like more people come out to shows. It, it feels like more of like just the general population or there's just enough people in bands now that like all the people in yeah. bands go to shows so yeah that, like... and maybe just everyone's in <laughs> yeah. bands yeah i mean when i go to shows you, you can tell who's in a band and who's not. definitely like and like even like when i go to like a touring band show i'm like oh that's the guy from that band that's the guy from that band that's the girl from that band it's, it's oh, yeah. crazy i remember i went i think i was with you actually well we went to see um Ott and Waxahachie at oh, Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being up there and just being like, wow, this is really just a who's who of <laughs> the Pittsburgh of, DIY. Of Pittsburgh musicians. Yeah. Like, everyone there, I was just like, oh, he's from that band. Yeah. Oh, there's that guy. Like, everyone. Everyone. It is cool, though. Yeah. I mean, no, it was awesome, but it's just hilarious in some way. It is. But it is. um, speaking of hilarious, last thing I want to ask you about, you probably know, but um, you're... Like I said before, you're funny, dude. You have a show on YouTube that yeah. I'm just a, I've always been a giant fan of since <laughs> it started, you. called Grimes Times, where you and the one and only Joe Grimes play parody versions of yourselves. Yeah, and um, pretty much just sit in front of a camera, like it's like a public access show. You sit in front of a camera and just I don't like the antics are. <laughs> Like, you're not doing anything too crazy, but just the things you say. Like, the, the running jokes are amazing, quotable. When's it coming back? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is all a lead-up to, like, I'll let you talk about your band <laughs> and your silly little projects. It pretty much is. I mean... Um, yeah, we... <clears throat> I've been uh, spending, like, the past, like, two years working on uh, a documentary. Okay. Um, so that's taken up most of my, like, video editing time. Okay. Um, that's wrapping up. Okay. We just shot something um, that I'm hoping to have out in like the next month or two to okay. keep going. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, if anybody hasn't checked it out, anyone, Grimes yeah. Times. I'll yeah, I'll give, give a little endorsement. If anyone hasn't uh, checked yeah. it out, Grimes Times. Yeah. One of the funniest shows ever. It's like <laughs> it's you know if it could fit well on if you're a fan of like Adult Swim type of stuff, it could fit well on that channel. Yeah. On that program, Evan, you play like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a parody version of yourself that is nothing like you <laughs> in, whatsoever. Like this dude is like 
a loser, like a dumb loser who gets like swindled into selling like landscaping rocks is like he's very sure crystals. of himself. He's very sure of himself. He's very angry. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, it's playing that character is one of my favorite things on it's Earth. It's my to do. favorite thing, yeah. and for that reason of he's so different than me. Yeah, so it's like I get to do any everything that I wouldn't do, I just do as yeah. him or yeah. say as him. Yeah, and and it and it works that way. He's like, like it's funny because you're, you're like you're a movie buff, and um, he's into the dumbest, worst action movies that they're <laughs> like big those, Seagal those, guy. <laughs> he's a big Steven Seagal guy. Van Damme. Yeah, Van yeah. Damme, Vin Diesel. Yeah, Sean Hannity. In one episode, big... he suggests Sean Hannity be the new Jack Reacher, <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's like it's it's a it's a great like. We love like when we can bring up stuff like that yeah. where it's we've created two characters who their endorsement is as much yeah. like making fun like instead of making fun of it we just created two people that are so dumb yeah that if, if they love it that is a slight yeah <laughs> like, Joe's character is pretty I mean like he's he's the straight man yes but he is also in ways even dumber than Evan. Yeah, he is like he's he's a dumb that could still fit in society. Yeah, he's a dumb that is acceptable in society in a way. Like my, it's not like a total nuisance. Yeah, yeah, like my person, my character is going to go to jail eventually. Right, right, like it, right. it it ends poor. Like yeah. he's either not going to pay his taxes because of something he read <laughs> on like a poorly researched blog. Yeah. Or yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a good dynamic. I think Joe like, will just get into like legal, like very serious legal, you know, issues. Yeah, exactly. Without him going to prison, but like maybe on the cusp of it. Yeah, yeah. he he's probably gonna have to pay a lot of fines. His dad <laughs> yeah. will have to bail him out or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Whereas like I will have a standoff at one point yeah. with the police and like, <laughs> like a, a compound. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes for my character. Yeah. I'll promise Joe. I'll I'll make a promise on the show to to not um get starstruck in front of Joe Grimes anymore. I see him very seldomly, but every time I do, I'm like, it's fucking Joe. It's him. It's him. It's him. Somebody said that to uh, uh, the show we did on New Year's, the uh, a guy came there, one, like one of my buddy's friends, had only seen me in Grimes time. He uh, was like, you're... You're, you're on Grimes time. I'm like, I know. I know. I, I make the show. Yeah, I, know. I shoot it. And then, I shoot it and in put my it buddy's on insurance office. Like, yeah, I know. It's so good. Yeah, I was at your last show at Gooski's, last TV's Norm show, and I was with my girlfriend and uh, Joe walked in, and I was just, I had show. I think like one of the first things I ever showed her was Grimes time. <laughs> like before we even like really met each other, I was like, check out my buddy's show. <laughs> this is like the litmus test. Is this gonna work? Is this gonna work? But um, yeah, I remember he walked in and I was just like, do you know who that is? And she's like, no. And I'm like. Remember that show I showed you? Like that's Joe Grimes of Grimes Time. She's like, great. He's a regular guy. I was I, like, no, he's not. I was so excited that you were going to name your album the Mitch album at oh, one point. Yeah, yeah. There's a joke on Grimes Time where my character's asked what his favorite album is, mm. and he says Mitch album. Yeah. he's a moron. Yeah, Mitch album is in an author that wrote Tuesdays with Maury and the five people you and meet. the five people you meet in heaven. And when we were writing Fluff Capacitor, like in the very early stages, we were like, "What are we gonna call this album?" Like, no, it was what are we gonna call this song or album? And we just said Mitch just because of that episode. And like, 
pretty much up until the day we released it, the last song of the album was going to be called Mitch. <laughs> There's a song on the album called Not Mitch. Which like, is we great. Kept, we kept that. Which is great. It's enough yeah. of like a nod that yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a nod to Grimes times in a, in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, we should have went with Mitch, I Not know. Mitch. And but. just the picture of Mitch album. Yeah. Like, you probably <laughs> would have got sued, but that would have been fine. We would have dealt it with it. It would have been great. And what a nod to Grimes time it was. But uh, yeah, it was great. A great talk. I Evan Mulgrave is here. Up TV's Norm, up Turnpike Gardens. Thank you for coming. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was fun.